Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Wednesday for those that are here live. Happy whatever day it is week for you. Thanks so much for being here. We've been talking about this idea of narrative. Yesterday we had the opportunity to speak a little about Ray Wallerstein and what it means to walk through walls. Really, really, really. Seriously. Think about it. Walking through a wall. A lot of times in life we don't walk through walls because they look like walls. I remember when I was younger, I was sitting with a great guy, great man, his name is Maish Bain. Maish Bain is the president of the Orthodox Union, a, a, a real philanthropist and you know, just an incredible person, top partner in the city. And he told me over this idea that many times in life when you go to things, when you go to institutions, organizations, and, and for those of you who are involved, you know this is true. Not everywhere, but many times. He calls it a white castle. And he, I was young. He told this to me I must have been in my 20s. And he said that many times in life you'll go to something and it'll look like a white castle, meaning huge wall, moat, right? A gorgeous, pristine, white castle. And as you get closer to the castle, you, you, you're you overwhelmed by its 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 grandeur. You imagine that there's probably a an army behind it protecting it and a king in the in the throne room and if you even get close to the moat you, the, the alligators will eat you and as you get closer and closer to the castle what you notice is that the birds are chirping but it, it doesn't feel like there's any movement inside and as you get into the first layer you realize that there's no guards guarding the castle and you go in the second layer and they look around there's nobody even in the castle there's a few people around, like, you know, milling around and doing stuff. And as you walk around the castle, someone looks at you and goes, hey. And you're like, uh, 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 uh. He goes, you work here? And you're like, I, I, I can. Great. Go take this to the king. And just like that, you're now the king's royal, you're in the, you're in the king's royal chambers. And as you sit there, the king's like, hey, welcome. Okay, do me a favor. Can you help me figure out how to take on the next country? And just like that, you're the chief of staff. Because many times in life, the world works like this. Not everywhere, but many places. It looks great from the outside. From the inside, there's not as much going on as you think. And anybody that can raise their hand and put in some good effort can rise to the top. This happens a lot with communities. It happens a lot with nonprofits. It even happens with businesses. And and the reason, one of the reasons is because we do this individually, right? How many times in your life have you had a tough day and you wake up in the morning and, you know, you go outside and it goes, hey, how you doing? And you go, yeah, things are great. Things are great. You put on the image of success when you don't. I know people that buy things they can't afford because they want to maintain an image of success that they don't have. Say things that aren't right or real because they want to sound a certain way. 
so much of our day is putting on, so to speak, the makeup of life so that someone else perceives us in an enhanced way. We pretend we know more than we know. We regurgitate the same few headlines that we read so that at that environment, at that you know, boardroom or party, we can pretend that we are more sophisticated than we are. Right? Imaging and projecting the white castle. Everything is fine. Life is great here. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. You don't get, the world doesn't got to know your issues. But that creates a way in which we get comfortable projecting a certain amount of success that isn't real or isn't true. And then it plays off into our institutions and into our organizations and into our structures because we're used to that. Now, someone did I say it here? I don't remember. Someone told me a stat that 60, 40 to sixty percent of every politician's budget goes to polling. You you know this? Do you know this? Is that insane? Think, just think about what that is. You give money to a politician, right? He comes and raises money. Forty percent of that money is going to polling. Why? Why isn't it going to education? Why isn't it going to making a difference? Because politicians know how everybody thinks of him. He's always worried about his image. Because image is everything. When you grow up in a world where image is everything, and you spend money and time building your image, it applies to institutions. So there's a lot of stuff right around you, honestly, that isn't as well organized as you think. There's a lot of people right around you and a lot of a lot of organizations around you that don't have it as together as you may assume. And if you want to get involved and you want to make a difference and you want to start something and you want to be something and you want to... The intimidation of someone else is better could be just an image you know if you studied I spent a little time researching Elon Musk because he's incredibly interesting we're forgetting now that you if you if you follow him at all or you know him not know him personally but if you if you, if you are aware of what he does if you like this the business stories we're forgetting that he went up against two of the most entrenched established institutions and industries in the world like he started two multiple companies but let's say three companies he started PayPal which went up against the financial services that old club of the big banks he started Tesla which went, went which went up against all of the the car manufacturers in Detroit with massive facilities and massive workforces and went up against he started SpaceX, which went up against the, the 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 aerospace industry, which is governmental regulated, and only countries do that. We're talking about an individual who looked at the White Castles and said, "You guys don't know how to do it. We'll do it better than that." And in three cases, changed the entire industry. 
And he showed us that sometimes things that are so entrenched and so big and so beautiful and so well oiled, how can you start a car company? You know how many, you know how much a car company, right? You're not starting a software company. You know, this you have to actually make the thing. And a lot of the things. Like, do you know how many people you have to hire for a car company? Do you know how many people you have to hire to make a spaceship? Like, we're not talking about a new app. You get to look down the barrel of a, a castle that has been built for decades, that has millions and billions behind it, and say, I don't care, I could do it better. Because he's brilliant, he's not. He's smart. He's not not brilliant. I mean, he's he could be naturally brilliant, but he's not brilliant in the industry. He didn't go to school for for aerospace. He doesn't know any. He learned it. He didn't go to school for car manufacturing. So what does that say for me and you? What does it say for our lives? What does that say for the project we want to start or the organization we want to get involved in? What does that say for the walls that we put in front of us? Who says you can't? Who told you you can't? Who? The the white castle in front of you? What if that white castle is not real? What if nobody's home? What if anyone that walks in and raises their hand is automatically uh, an accepted member? Okay, you may have to pay your dues to understand that a little bit, but look at every industry. Look at every entrepreneur. The whole concept of disruption. When we sort of said about Washington and see walls, you got to learn from that. What walls are you looking at in your life? What walls to make a difference? What walls to grow in your career? What walls? Do you have in front of you that you say, I can't do that, I'm a blank. What? You're not trained enough? You don't have the right title? Big deal. Some of the greatest people didn't have the right title and weren't trained enough. It don't matter. What matters is your desire to, to go through the wall. That desire to go through a wall is more valuable than the degree that's on your wall. For sure. Because whatever is on that wall, whatever degree is on your wall, you can learn now by being creative. If you want to, you can get most of that information online. Maybe a little harder. You can get, if you want that, you can get most of that information in life. In books, in courses, and classes. The world is flat now days of which you have to wait online to get information are over the desire to walk through the wall is the most valuable thing you have and recognize it because don't let life go by assuming that I was always supposed to be on this side of the wall because what will happen is at one point you'll get a glimpse of the other side of the wall and you'll go oh my gosh really really I thought it was very different. I could have done what? At that point, usually it's a little too late. Don't wait for that. All right, everybody, have a great day. Can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.
Living on a lifeline, the world doesn't ever seem to change. Looking for the sunshine, but you're caught up in the rain. It's like your eyes are wide open, but you cannot see. You're watching life pass you by like one, two, three. Walking in destruction, the winds of life blur your vision. All the devastation forever feels like you're on the run. It's time. No one else can set you free. You're locked inside, and only you have got the key.